0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church, Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. This message this morning is for the church. But even if you're not part of this church, this message is for you. Okay, so don't think, oh, it's not for me. It's for everyone in this room. If you're here today, then God's brought you here to hear this message. Okay? So, but I'm I'm bringing it in the context of what God is doing to us as a church. And the context is right back to the beginning of this year when we believe that God uh, gave us 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. I just want to put it back up again. I want to remind us of the context of this because it all, you know, we need to understand where God is taking us, what God is doing, the journey we're on with him at this moment as a church. And so it started off, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And we've been praying that in and we've been looking at that and we've been um, breaking that down uh, right back at the beginning of the year. And, you know, we believed it was, you know, God is promising a fresh move of his spirit. He's promising revival. But that's conditional. Yes, we have grace. and, And, you know, God's grace is an amazing thing. But still... There, is a, there are conditions. I mean, I talked about that when I preached a while ago about conditional if statements, about computers. Do you remember? If any of you guys remember that one? Okay? You know, if, my people, it was a condition, something that had to happen from us. Okay? You know, God's sovereign, He can do what He wants, but He chooses to work with us. Yeah? And so this is part of this process. And a, a few Sundays ago, uh, Tim shared. Um, and and uh, that, you know, when we that we're still in that in this in this position of, of this place of positioning ourselves, we're still at the point where God is sort of getting us ready, as it were. Okay, and um, you know that, that is uh, where I believe we are at as well. And over the last few weeks, Tim was sharing about t- returning to God, returning, turning our hearts to Him, inclining our ears to Him. OK, and then Dave uh, shared previously about turning our eyes to him. All part of positioning, all part of getting ourselves ready. And it was during one of Tim's, when, when Tim was sharing, and, and it's not because we were bored. I promise this, Tim, sorry. But sometimes when, when you hear God, you know, God talking through a person and God bringing a message and something quickens in your heart, you oh, and, and it quickened in, in my heart, and it quickened in Leslie's heart. And Leslie has a particular uh, scripture that um, over the years has always been quite an important scripture to her. And, and um, she, she, she to turned to me and said, Hosea 10, Hosea 10, 12. I believe it's the right thing. And I, and I was going, yes, dear. Oh, look, Hosea ten twelve. It was the same scripture. We just both felt at that time that God wanted to share something through this scripture for us as a church. And so you've got a double whammy. Okay. You've got me this week. Yeah. And you've got Leslie next week. Oh, come on. Hold on. You've got me this week. And you got... Oh, no, no, no. We don't compare. I'd have gone yay for Leslie as well, so don't worry. Um, but we're going to look at it together. Okay. We're going to share together what God has put on our heart on this Because we feel it's, you know, a a verse for us for now. Okay. Well, let's, let's, here we go. Oh, there it is already. So Hosea 10, 12. I've given you two versions. All right. There are quite a few different versions, but there are two versions I've given here. The NIV says, sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers is righteousness on you. And the New Living Translation says this, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? You want a crop of love? Come on, who doesn't want a crop of love? Yeah? Plow up, but then, here we go. (laughs) Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. So you've got two things going on here. You've got the sort of, in a sense, the good, the bad, and I'm going to say the ugly, that's probably me, but you've got the good and the bad. You've got the hard bit, the ploughing, the digging up, and you've got the good bit, the sowing, the righteousness, the fruit. You've got everything that comes with it. Next week, Leslie's going to look a bit more at that whole side of it, but I'm going to, I'm doing a bit of the hard stuff this morning. I'm going to be looking at the, the ploughing up bit. Okay, what does that mean? What does it mean to have a hard um, hard ground of your hearts? What is that all about? But what I want to do, I want to remind us first that however hard it might sound, however hard it might feel, God is doing this for a reason. And he's doing it because he loves us. Yeah, we must never forget, even in the hard stuff, even when we're struggling and thinking, boy, this is hard. I don't know if I can do this. What we've got to realise is that God does things for our good. He doesn't want to leave us where we are. He wants us to come from where we are to where we need to be. Yeah. yeah, he's the one perfecting us. He's the one that's changing us. He's the one that's taking us one degree of glory to another. And to do that, we have to be open and say, okay, I know it's hard, but it's the right thing. God wouldn't do it otherwise. He's a good good Father. Amen. And he did this. This word from Hosea is in the Old Testament. And it was given to Israel. And it was given to Israel at a time when, yet again, they'd fallen into sin. Where yet again, they weren't following God the way he wanted them to. They weren't living the life that he wanted for them to be the chosen people, to be the generation, the, uh, you know, the, the priesthood that he wanted in the world, for the world to see. And so God brought this word to them so that he could bring them back to where he wanted them to be as a people. You see, I believe God really wants to pour out his blessing. You know, he doesn't want to hold back He wants to pour revival, he wants to pour out, you know, that's his heart. But there has to be a response, there has to be something that we do to receive what he wants to give. We were praying, suddenly came, we were praying um, a few weeks ago for for our young people on our Sunday evening prayer, monthly prayer. And I've had a fantastic time yeah we had a fantastic time really praying for our young people and, uh, and our, our, our youth workers and our, our um, uh, children's workers um, across all our sites and we had the young people all here and um sorry young people know they're upstairs so they can't hear. Yeah, it's all right all right don't show them this on the video and they're all there and they were doing what young people do and we were going to pray for them so come on, i'm going to pray for you guys so we're here we're, we're facing this way and they're this way I'm praying. And I thought, oh, come on, no, come on, stop. I said, guys, guys, if I throw a ball at you, what are you going to do? You're not going to do that to catch it, are you? You're going to put your hands out and you're going to say, yeah, I'm ready to receive it. Yeah? And I said, come on, guys, be ready to receive. Position yourself to receive what we're doing, what God is doing here. Okay? And that's what this is. It's in a sense saying, yeah, Lord, I'm going to position myself with my hands open, and my heart open to receive what you want to give me. Come on. And part of that is what he's challenging us to look at today. Breaking up the unplowed ground of our hearts, the hard ground of our hearts. And so what I want to do this morning is look at four, four key things From this verse. Okay, go to the next slide. So firstly, what does it mean to have a hard or hardened heart towards God? What is that? What does it mean? How do our hearts become hardened? What does that look like? What is it that hardens our hearts? Why do we need to break up our hardened hearts? Why do we need to do that? Go through that whole thing. And how do we do it? Okay, so I'm going to look at those each in turn for a little bit. So firstly, what does it mean to have a hard or hardened heart towards God? Well, to look at that, I want to look at a story from the New Testament, from the book of Matthew. And um, it's, it's, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a well-known story. And it's the feeding of the 4,000. We've already had the feeding of the 5,000. We've now got the feeding of the 4,000. And so in this story, if you don't know it, then Jesus performs a miracle where he feeds 4,000. And actually, it's probably a lot more than that, because then he counted the men, way then. but 4,000 people, and they had seven loaves. Okay, seven loaves and a few, small, a few small fish. And yet, they were able to not only feed all those people with that, but they actually had leftovers, like a I can bring and share here, it's just amazing, really. So they'd seen a miracle, the disciples were there, they'd seen this miracle of God feeding these people in an amazing way. They'd previously seen the same miracle occur when he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And then this happens. So this is going to go into this, this verse now. Matthew, sorry, Mark verse eight. So he says, after he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it, will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? And ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? So it's quite an interesting uh, exchange going on here. But Jesus is accusing them of having hardened hearts. Whoa, these are his followers, you know. They've seen these miracles and they've got hardened oh, up. What's that all about? You see, when it came to things of the spirit, spiritual things, they still didn't get it. Even though they'd seen what God had done through Jesus, they just still didn't get it. And so what you've got here is, um, in a sense, Jesus' definition of a hardened heart. Should we go to the next slide? You see, they were unable to perceive what God was doing. They couldn't see it. Didn't get it. They were unable to understand what God was doing. They were unable to see what God was doing. Think back to what was being shared a few weeks ago, turning our eyes. Think back to turning our ears. They were unable to hear what God was doing. And they were unable to remember what God had already done. Jesus' definition of a hardened heart. So what does it look like? Well, there are lots of ways in which we can sort of identify what it means to have a hardened heart towards God. And there could be, uh, I'm going to go through a few in a minute. But there could be many others. Okay. That's very personal to each one of us. To me. I, by the way, I, I, you know, just, there's no judgment going on here. This is as much for me as it is for anyone else. Because when I look at this and think, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I do that. Oh, yeah, okay. So, you know, this is for me. Okay. As much as anyone else. But do any of these, do any of these, um, Sort of w- resonate. resonate. I still, thank you. Resonate with you, but there may be others. So, firstly, your heart is lukewarm and indifferent to God and spiritual matters. You've left your first love. Is that you? Is that how you feel sometimes? Just... Your prayer, Bible study, and fellowship with others is not quite as it was. It sort of waned off. I, I, I won't go to group tonight. I'll just. No. I won't go to church. I'll, I'll go and have a do whatever. I'll watch the Grand Prix or um, play golf. That doesn't matter, you know. Once it isn't going to kill me. God understands. You don't witness the way you once did. I can remember when Leslie and I first became Christians. I can remember sitting in a pub with a guy who I used to go to work with literally the following day from when I became a Christian on the Monday. And I couldn't but not tell him what God had done the day before. I don't even a Christian for a day, but it was like, yeah, you need to, something's changed I go into a pub now and I have a drink and have a pint and talk about everything else apart from Jesus Hmm. am I as good as I was sharing what God has done for me the concern for others spiritual condition is no longer on your radar you know we need to have such a compassion for people and their destination, because we know our destination, most of us. But do we have that same compassion anymore? Do we really have a sense of, you know, I think of my family, just my family. Does my heart really break for them, for my friends, for my colleagues? Is there that sense of urgency in, you know, in my life anymore for them? Maybe it's because my heart's a little bit harder than it was. You don't recognise blessings when they happen and fail to give praise to God for them. Well, look at the 5,000. Look at the the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. Oh, did he do that? Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Well, that was good. You know, we can forget very quickly what God has already done for us. And also we can not recognise, you know, it's great when you hear testimony, Testimony is so good because you go, oh yeah, you're you're reminding yourself of what God has done. And you're showing, yeah, I recognise God is working in my life now, today. Otherwise, we can walk through life thinking, well, God is here somewhere. But he's working every day. And we need to recognise that and walk in that. Your priorities are no longer God's order of priorities. You know, again, we can change things, can't we? You know, there are seasons of life. But are we really prioritizing the things that God wants us to prioritize? You have more doubts and unbelief than faith. Well, we all have doubt, we all have unbelief. I've shared on that in the past. But is that getting more and your faith in what God can do getting less? Maybe that's a sign. You no longer possess the joy of the Lord. Look, I'm what you're preaching this morning, weren't he? Exchanging anything for the joy of the Lord. And I've always been challenged by the fact that, you know, as Christians, we should be the most joyful people in the room. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not always the most joyful person in the room. Don't shake your head, Mick. I'm not, I'm still grumpy. Ask Leslie, ask my children. But it's a challenge sometimes, I'm think i not as joyful as I should be because I'm not living in the joy every day that perhaps I should be. Maybe I'm slightly distant. So those are some of the things, and they may resonate with you, none of them may resonate with you whatsoever, but there may be something else that God will pinpoint. Maybe something in your heart, yeah, okay, actually, do you know what, this is what, mm, this is what, just, I'm a little bit distant with God at the moment because of this. So, moving on to the next thing. How do our hearts become hardened towards God? Now, there are many ways in which we can harden our hearts towards a person. Firstly, let's remember this. You can't harden your heart towards a religion. You can't, I don't think, harden your hearts towards a concept, an idea in one sense. Hardening your hearts is a relational thing. Because we're in a relationship. We're in a relationship. It's a heart thing. That is why God is working on the heart. He's not working on the head. Not working on the mind. That all comes with it. But he's working on the heart because it's a relational thing. And we all know, I'm sure, we've all got uh, either, we're either in relationships, we're married, or we've got friends or colleagues, um, you know, work colleagues. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. Pretty much all relationships are a heart relationship. And we can harden our heart towards somebody. We can distance ourselves from them. It could be disappointment in what they've done. Something they've done that disappoints us. It could be, I just don't trust you anymore. Mistrust. Something's happened. Something's different. You may not trust them anymore. Maybe they've, you just misunderstood what they've done. Or they've misunderstood you. Misunderstanding. Maybe um, it, they've hurt you. You feel hurt about something that's gone on. Maybe you've got unforgiveness. Maybe it's fam- familiarity. You're just so familiar... And that can happen, that you become, yeah, it just is the way it is. You see, all of these things, and there are again many others, that can stop us having an open heart towards the person that we're, having that we're in that relationship with. Instead, our heart becomes hardened, becomes distant. We feel more distant and a bit less loving. And that happens, doesn't it? Let's be honest. That's the way things are so how does that work with God well you know unfortunately all of those can apply but they apply for the wrong reason to God because we apply them to God when actually he's perfect but we do sometimes mistrust him because we think he's done something perhaps we don't like we can be disappointed because we get a result that we don't perhaps expect You know, our hearts can be hardened towards God because of something that we think he should have done and hasn't. Let's be honest. You know, there are times when we've prayed for people to, you know, to to be, um, not to be sick or to, to get well. And they haven't. What's that all about? Do I blame God? And if I blame God, therefore my heart becomes hardened. Am I looking for an outcome and the outcome I get is different to what I'm expecting and praying for? Do I blame God? My heart gets hardened. So we can do the same thing with God. But that is why he urges us to return to his first love, to our first love. To go back to, in a sense, almost back to the beginning of where it all began. You know, the day after I got saved, when I went into that, spoke to that guy who thought, what is he talking about? Because there was something so amazing that I wanted to share. I was in love. And there was somebody in love with me, Jesus. And so it reminds us, you know, we need to go back to our first love and go back and go, yeah, that's what it's all about. I'm going to frighten the life out of my wife now. Put the next slide up. Whoa! What's that lovely, handsome young couple there? A bit self-indulgent. No, no, no. This is a photo that um, is on our, um, Leslie put it up, I don't know, a while ago. I just put it up there, found it, and put it up on our um, uh, mirror in our bedroom. And it just sits there, and that's fine, but every day I wake up and I look at it and go, oh. Oh, I remember why I fell in love. I remember why. Yeah? But it takes me back to my first love. It really does. And I'll be honest with you. There are times when my heart is hardened towards Leslie. I'm slightly distant. We've had an argument. She's always right and I'm always wrong. How does that work? You know... I'm disappointed with something, whatever it is. Familiarity. Just wake up with the same person every morning. And then I look at the photo and I go, oh, come on. I was so in love and I am so in love with this girl. And so sometimes it's just good to remind ourselves. Yeah, of, of, you know, and it's the same with God. Go back to our first love. Just, yeah, come on. We were in love. Let's just get back into that place. That's what it's all about. Now, there is another way in which our hearts can become hardened. And I want to look at a slightly different version of Hosea 12. I haven't put it on there. But in the New King James Version, or sort of the, the King James Version, it talks about fallow ground. Now, any farmers will know that fallow ground... It says, break up the fallow ground of your heart. Well, fallow is ground that's uncultivated. Ground that's been left, that's not been worked, that's not been used. And over time, fallow ground becomes harder and harder. It just doesn't produce anything. Fallow. And God just reminded me, you know, there are people here I believe, who've had gifts in the past, who've moved mightily with words or moved in spiritual gifts, and you've sort of put them down. You haven't really used them for a while. And what happens is the the more you don't use it, the harder it becomes to use it. Your fallow ground becomes hard. And so maybe that's, that's you this morning. Maybe it's a question of, yeah, do you know what? I, just, I need to pick that up again. Maybe there's something that God's going to pinpoint in your heart that needs you to pick it up. Are we as open to the Spirit as we once were? Are we as moved by what God is saying and doing as we once were? Or are we just slightly more distant than we were? Okay, third point, why do we need to plough or break up our hardened hearts? Well, I want to, in a sense, come back to what was shared previously, not because it was wrong or uh, to, to correct it, but because if we want to hear what God is saying, if we want to see what God is doing, that's great. But if our hearts aren't ready to receive, then it becomes meaningless. You see, without the right soil to receive the seed and the water, there is no growth. Now, again, many of us, most of us, I imagine, are familiar with the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. And in that parable, Jesus talks of four different types of soil, or should I say, four different types of heart condition. He talks about hard soil, rocky soil, shallow soil and good soil. And all of these reflect the condition of the hearts receiving the seed and the water. And if you're a gardener, and I'm a really bad gardener, you will know that trying to sow seed on a hard ground is pretty much impossible. Because when you put the seed on, it just sits there on top. And if the birds don't take it, when you put the water on it, the water does. It washes it away. So when God brings the word, when God brings the water, which he has said, and Leslie next week is going to look at a bit more, when God promises fruit and growth and all of this sort of stuff, I'm going to water you with the word. I'm going to pour righteousness upon you. All these amazing things... If your heart is hard, sorry again, if your heart is hard, then you're not going to get the benefit of what God is going to bring. Does that make sense? Yeah? Which is why he wants us to do something about it so that when he does it, we can get the benefit of it in full. That's why I said at the beginning, God's doing this for our good. He's getting us ready, positioning ourselves. And that's a condition of the heart. So in Matthew 13, it goes on to say this. Because they ask him, well, why do you use these weird parables? Why do you use these stories that don't make sense to half the people who listen to them? And Jesus says this. This is why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't, really listen or understand this fulfills the prophecy of isaiah that says when you hear what i say you will not understand when you see what i do you will not comprehend for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them oh 2 chronicles 7 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray then I will heal their Yeah. La- yeah. there's the heal bit but there's a conditional thing first are we getting it are we getting it the fallow ground needs to be dug up first in order for us to be able to receive all that God has for us. Fourthly, how do we do this? This is coming sort of to wrap it up, really. How do we do this? How do we plow or break up our hardened hearts? You know, there are seasons in our faith walk and I've known them in my life, where you t- everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, God seems to be doing amazing things. Have you had that? That sense of, God, you just, wow, look at this. Miracle after miracle, God moving, God speaking. Everything was just, wow. I can remember back in the, in the 90s here in this church, we had some staggeringly amazing times when God was just powerfully moving by his spirit. But then there are times when you go, oh, not a lot going on now, is there, really? Where are you? Can't hear you? Can't see you? God, what are you doing? But Then we've got to think, well, hold on, is it God that stopped doing stuff? Or is it the fact that I just don't see it or hear it anymore? Because God doesn't change. He doesn't go on holiday. I'm going on vacation for a while. All right, so just just put it on hold. That's not the way He works. Every day, God is performing miracles. And maybe we're just not seeing it the way that we were. And so, to do that, we need to plow up our soil, dig up our dirt disturb our hearts in order to see the fruitfulness that he has promised. But you know, the the heart is often the one thing we don't want dug up, isn't it? Often it's what's really in here we don't want to expose. What's really in here is the thing I'd rather keep it. No, it's it's fine where it is. It's, it's, It's fine as it is. Because when we start to plow something up, I mean, let's be honest, we all know what a plow looks like and how it works. It's not a nice process, is it? It's sharp, it's hard, and it goes deep. And it will go again and again and again until the ground is fully broken up. You know, it is not a a soft, loving process. But any farmer knows, without that process, you won't get the crop and the fruit that is there to be yielded. It won't happen. So it is important that we allow God to do that. Not just now, but all the time. You see, when we do that, it allows the rain to come for the seed to sprout and grow. And it requires a humble and contrite heart. It requires a humble heart to say, yeah, okay, I'm prepared to do what it takes. Psalm 139, 23 24. David asks God to search his heart. Now, I don't believe this is a particularly easy process because I think what David if you read it what it says is search me O God and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting he was prepared to open his heart to allow God to do what it what was needed to be done to plow it up, to dig it up, to get out all the stuff in order for that heart to be ready to receive what God had for him. And that's the attitude we need to have. That's how we come to God. If my people will humble themselves. and Yeah, it's all there. There's nothing different than what I'm bringing this morning. Breaking up the hard ground will require prayer. And that's why we are reminded to humble ourselves and pray. Breaking up the hard ground of our hearts will require repentance. That is why we're reminded to repent, to say sorry, to ask forgiveness. Breaking up the hard ground of our hearts will require seeking God's face. And that is why we read his word. It says in Hebrews. For the word of God is living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And as a discerner of the thoughts and intense of the heart. It's a deep process, but it needs to be if we wanna have the fullness of what God has for us. So what is our response gonna be? Well, that, that's, that's down to you. What's your response gonna be? What's my response gonna to be to what God is asking us to do? Next week, Leslie's gonna come and continue to share on this. But What I would urge you to do is for this week, when you're in your groups, when you're with other people, when you're on your own, however you wanna do it, I don't mind, just ask God, God, what is it? Where is, where is my heart hard towards you? Where am I not seeing it? What do I need to do? Am I distant? I'm sorry. What can I do? to make my heart ready for what you will bring. And so that's, that's something I just want to ask you and urge you to do this week. Just spend some time. Because I believe if we do that and we take this seriously, we will see amazing things in the future because he has promised that that's what he will do. Amen? Amen? Amen. And if you're here this morning, and you have no idea what I've been talking about, you don't know who this Jesus Christ is, other than what you've read or heard a little bit, and you've got no relationship with him whatsoever, and you're thinking, yeah. Can I just say to you one thing? That is that that's because your heart is hardened, because you don't understand I didn't understand before I became a Christian. I understood after I became a Christian. I didn't understand before I said yes. I understood after I said yes. And if this morning you think, I don't understand this, and yet you see that there is something going on in here, that's God at work. That's God at work. And I would love to pray with you afterwards or just chat with you about what God is doing in your life right now. Because what he's doing is saying, just come to me. Humble yourself. Ask for forgiveness. And I will heal you. And I'll restore you. That's what this is all about. So we just close our eyes. I just want to pray, Father. I thank you. You are such a good, good God. You're a good, good Father. And everything you do is for our good. Everything you you do is to help us become the people you have called us to be. And yes, Lord, we want to have all the stuff, all the good stuff, all the fruit, all the growth, all the things. But Lord. We recognise that there is a part we have to play in that. Lord, I just pray for each one of us that over this coming week, Lord, help us to respond with our hearts to you. And Where our hearts are hard in any way, where we are distant in any way, Lord, will you show us what that is? And will you do a work in our hearts, ready to receive all that you have for us in these coming days? jesus name amen amen god bless you thank you very much i'll receive that have a great week guys